Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, October 26th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Sporting Kansas City won a playoff-like game at the Seattle Sounders on Saturday and closed the gap on first-place Seattle in the MLS Western Conference race. That game was intense, so much so that goalkeeper Tim Milia body-slammed a Seattle player who was, let's say, entering his space. Sporting wound up winning 2-1 on Johnny Russell's goal, a goal that finished a tremendous possession and included more than 30 passes. We talk about that game, plus KCNWSL continuing its non-losing ways at Legends Field, and I get Sean's impression of the Kansas City visit of FIFA World Cup officials last week. Let's get started. Tell you what, Sean, that game on uh, Saturday night felt like a playoff game. Uh, sporting Kansas City and the Seattle Sounders. It did. It was a uh, regular season playoff game, but you know that's kind of what you get between these top teams at the end of the season, battling for well, you know, long season of West. Those two teams are battling for. So yeah, exciting. And so Kansas City wins two to one and moves within a couple of points of Seattle at the for the top spot. Of course, you know we'll get into this in a little bit. Uh, down the road here, but uh, the team's chasing both of those, t- <laughs> both of them. Um, so a lot of lot left to be determined in the Western Conference seating for the for the postseason. But let's let's dig into the game a little bit. Um, the Sporting takes the early lead, uh, and uh, and and I thought I thought for a while we just might have a one nothing game. Um, it, it was kind of playing out that way, but. Seattle gets it tied up, and uh, and then <laughs> we've we've spent all season talking about talking about Daniel Salloway and deservedly so, an MVP candidate. But at least for the month of October, Sporting Kansas City has a different MVP candidate, does it not? Yeah, Johnny Russell. I yep. think you know you look at the season as a whole. Obviously, it's still going to be Daniel at the forefront, and he's still at the forefront of the MVP standings. Uh, but yeah, now I guess we should say as well that Charlotte, we was injured for the Seattle game. Yep. Yeah, yeah turns his ankle against the Whitecaps. And it's, um, the captain himself, Johnny Russell, now scores in seven straight games. Uh, I feel like we're chatting to the guy after every single game because he scores a goal. And comes up big again. Sporting KC, one shot in the whole second half. It's Mr. Johnny Russell and it's a goal to win at 2-1. One shot and yet how many passes were strung together on that possession to produce that one shot? Don't quote me exactly, but I want to say 34, 35. Incredible. Incredible. I saw a, you know, a uh, accelerated version of it on social media. I don't, I, I don't know how long, the, 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 how much time elapsed for that, but that is, that was beautiful soccer. Absolutely yeah. beautiful for to control it for as many as that many passes for that long a time to produce the Roger Espinoza um, opening to to find Johnny Russell who put it away with a beautiful goal, a beautiful goal. a typical Johnny Russell goal too, yeah. right from you know fr- from the from the right side to the left foot. Yeah, no, that was a really interesting goal of a mix between yeah possession football and counter attacking football as well. Um, you know, yeah, you know, as we said, 34, 35 passes, but ball ends up at Emilia's feet, passes out to Ilya. Seattle tries to press as they've been doing all game, and 
basically from Ilya to Espinosa to Russell. That, that's all it took. Just yes, long possession to get to that point. But again, it was a couple of passes that just completely broke down Seattle's press and ball well, wasn't going back at the net. So yeah, it was really interesting mix between a possession type goal while it still felt like a counter attack. It did, and I, I, I've, I've uh, glossed over it, but Sporting took a one nothing lead on a first yeah. MLS goal. Yeah, Mr. Remy Walter. It was a little bit of luck to it, and uh, yeah, you know, it's again great play down the right with Russell cooks the ball across, Scotty's shot is blocked, and it comes out to uh, Remy Walter on the edge of the box, and great shot. You know, takes a, a bit of a flick off the Seattle defender's head as he's trying to clear it, but. Goal's a goal, and yeah, it's actually the exact kind of start you need when you travel to Seattle, because if you let Seattle dictate the tempo and dictate the game like it is in the second half, most teams don't stand a chance. So grabbing that first goal and then just, like we were saying, second half, Seattle was certainly the, the team that looked more like scoring, uh, but just one chance to take it and holds on tight. So, you know, it, Great, great game as a whole. Again, definitely Park struck the second half. It was rough, but you know, good game. Hey, remind me how uh, how, how Remy came to Kansas City. He's um, he spent almost his entire career in his native France, uh, French pro leagues. Yeah, um, with I, I'll probably butcher this, but I believe it was Nice. Um, I think that's how you say it. Yep. yep. But yeah, you know, he spent most of his time. Out playing in, um, he says in his niece of France, um, pulling up his wicking out to see where he was before. Yeah, so, um, Nancy, I'm saying, and Nice, and then spend a little bit of time out in, I believe, Turkey, um, but only played nine games there. And then, yeah, Sporting KC picked him up. And I know as a player that Sporting were looking at for a while, and it just kind of finally came together. Um, biggest start of the season. Yeah, um, he's been a nice ad for, for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, one of the reasons that I it felt like a playoff game was the chippy play and the um, uh, and, and no no play or no moment reflected that more than the Tim Melia body slam. And I uh, I got to tell you, I I love that. I I love seeing that. I know if you're a Seattle fan, you're you're furious. At seeing it, but let's just set it up for us, Sean. What? How did it come to pass that Tim Milia hoisted? Uh, I forget his name. Uh, yeah, Christian Roldan. Roldan, yeah, yeah. Picked him up from behind and uh, gave a, a move that a pro wrestler would be proud of. Oh, I know the Rock quote pieces that are on Twitter. <laughs> he was breaking it down as well. So. Yeah, uh, Roldan was just backing into Melia. And, you know, you, you can't be an out, um, outfield player and back into a goalkeeper gap. You know, it's a free kick um, going Sporting's way. But yeah, then Melia gets his arm around Roldan and pretty much uh, pulls him back and slams him down to the ground. Uh, and I, I watched that, I was like, yep, that's a red card. No idea how he got away with it. But I think that's the, the nature of these playoff feel kind of games and you know fair play I guess to the referee for controlling a situation just giving out a couple of yellow cards uh, but I thought he was sent off for sure 
Well, did, did, did was an official? Did you see on a replay that an, was an official looking at it? Is it one of those deals where could they have gone to um, you know a review of that uh, if they'd wanted to? Yeah, yeah, it could have. Um, again, but part of VAR is any egregious play or an error that the referee misses, and you know you'll see stuff like when elbows get thrown and stuff. And, the referee might not see seeing elbow, if it goes to VAR, give the red cards. Same kind of deal. Obviously, it was pretty hard for the referee to miss this instance, but he could have taken a second look and um, turned it into a red card, but they just stuck with yellows for Melia. Um, and then you, the other role down brother, uh, Christian's brother, I'm forgetting his first name, um, but he, he got pretty angry and started pushing Melia too, so it was, it was a bit of a mess. <laughs> well, uh, it'll, um, do, do these teams? These teams don't play again in the regular season, do they? Yeah, no, that was the third time this time, well, third time this season. Uh, you know, twice in Seattle, one time here. Uh, so yeah, they should be done. But as as long as Sporting and Seattle, of course, can keep their heads in the playoffs, wouldn't be surprised to see these two teams in the conference final in about a month, a little bit more than a month time now. Right, and didn't uh, didn't the visiting team win each game? Yeah, so yeah, three one. Their first game in Seattle, three one Sporting, and then two one two one. So it's uh, Seattle. Well, I guess whoever has the higher seed, I mean, if it's Sporting, if it's Seattle, your road team might feel like you have a bit of an advantage there. Right. All right. So I'm hustling to call up the MLS standings here. Um, table as you. Uh, uh, as you might call it, but uh, so with the win, the Sporting obviously picked up three, and and they came into the game down five to Seattle. So, gosh, I'm in the I'm in the East. I need to be in the West. So now I'm in the West. Uh, yep, Seattle Seattle leads with 58 points. Sporting with one fewer game at 55. Colorado uh, also one fewer game. I'm sorry, one more game. One more game than Sporting at 55 as well. So, uh, so Sporting actually needed to win this game to just to you know, to stay in to stay in second place. I mean, Colorado's been playing well, and and whenever we talk about the top of the West, we've been talking about Seattle and Kansas City all year. Colorado is having a terrific season. Yeah, yeah. I know we are. They've been uh, just kind of floating, floating behind the two teams all season. They've pulled away from the teams below them, basically Portland through. Laws, LAFC, uh, five points separating fourth to ninth. Um, so Colorado can kind of not worry so much about that playoff battle. Their uh, battle is now just trying to cling on to Sporting in Seattle. And they're right there in the race, like you said, Blair, we've been chatting about Seattle and Sporting the whole time. Colorado's sneaking about. And I think a big part of it is, you know, this is a team that with Robin Frazier as the head coach, you know, he's... He come in the last couple of years and he's done a great job. And the team itself, they have a lot of good veterans, whether it's Yarber and Gold, Jack Price, you know, Kellen Acosta's out there. They've got a lot of players who have now been around the system for a while. Um, and yeah, they're becoming a threat. And I think that's only going to continue, you know, obviously the rest of this season, next season going forward. All right. So what do we got coming up for sporting? Yeah. Uh, for Sporting, we now have Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night against LA Galaxy, which is here. Um, and I believe Portland, Portland, Seattle, 
LAFC uh, on Tuesday. Um, so if LAFC beats, which I mean, you know, it's in LA, so it's absolutely a possibility. And then Sporting managers to beat um, LA Galaxy. Sporting could find himself in first place on goal difference by the end of the week, but we'll see. Yeah, and oh, by the way, with the win on on Saturday, Sporting clinched a playoff spot. Not um, you know should should not should not dismiss that. I mean, they, they were heading toward the playoffs all season with this team, but you've got to stop and appreciate the accomplishments when they occur, and one occurred on Saturday. Exactly, and now Sporting has got a little X next to your name on uh, Twitter, so everyone goes. <laughs> right, That's right. Qualified for the postseason. Hey, there is a, a just a couple of personnel uh, pieces of news I want to ask you about. Uh, Alan Polito, uh, when are we going to see him, or are we going to see him again this year? Feels like last year, doesn't it? Blair? Yep. Uh, yeah, I know he's had he picked up an injury earlier this season when he was actually with the Mexican national team. Um, and you know, it's, it's again all year it's been he's fighting back for fitness and. And earlier this month, even it was yeah, you know he's he played fifteen minutes, can play thirty minutes, and we were like ah, you know he he'll be up to speed by the playoffs, and then he gets surgery to clean some stuff up in his knee, is what we were told. Um, but Misa said yeah, he thinks that please will be involved, but he doesn't know to what extent and what games. Uh, yeah, they played well without him, but they were a better team with him. I, I think he's sensational. Yeah, he is. And I think he's been gone for such long stretches. You know, oftentimes if a team loses their best player, things can kind of go a bit sideways. Sporting a play without him so much anyway. He just kind of, when he plays, it's a bonus. When he doesn't, it's almost become the norm these past two years. True, true. And and uh, Shallowy's injury come, it came as a bit of a surprise, did it not? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we didn't hear anything about it after the Vancouver game. And, you know, oftentimes with press conferences press conferences and whatnot, you know, we'll, we'll just ask about the health of the team. It might be me, it might be Fad, I don't know. But I just didn't, no one asked heading into this game. Uh, we just assumed everything was all normal. And then the injury report comes out and Daniel's listed as questionable. And yeah, Peter says after the game, it was a, uh, Turned his ankle, so he's day to day. So it's not it's nothing serious. But whether he's back for the galaxy on uh, Wednesday will remain to be seen. So, well, and certainly um, and Johnny Russell's one of several who's just stepped it up big time. Um, yeah. Well, he's just been Mister Consistency. It's just it's been amazing to see. So, um, okay, hey Sean, let's take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to pick it up and talk KCNWSL. And I wanted to get your impressions of the the World Cup presentation in Kansas City last week. Ready. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Blair. 
we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back with Sean Goodwin talking soccer. And KCNWSL just keeps it going at home. Listen, not that Legends Field is the most ideal venue for soccer. It is a baseball stadium first, always has been. Um, I think that we're going to see KCNWSL in its own stadium at some point, but uh, they are turning it into a place where they – they protect, you know, they, they protect their home. And, and it's, it's, it's terrific to see the team is playing much better over the last, you know, couple of months. But, but a big reason for that is because they are playing so well at home. I'd like to see them do something on the road, but Hey, I'll, I'll take this for them uh, at this point. Yeah. I mean, you know, you lost Ox somewhere, right? So they lost to Chicago last week, what, nine days ago now. Got confirmed. Doc, you didn't win a single game on the road. So that's definitely something to build upon next year. But, you know, it's got a one-one draw with Gotham uh, this past weekend on the Friday. Uh, is now seven games undefeated at home. So, like you said, it's, uh, it's a baseball field and you'll be moving into Children's Mercy Park next year, as we've said several times. Um, but, yeah, they've, they've taken a little... A little baseball field tank, soccer fields into a little bit of a fortress. So it goes on them. And I think everyone from the players, the coaching staff, the organization, the fans um, will be happy to see them moving to Children's Mercy Park. Yeah, but, but I think I think they'll miss Legends Field a little bit. You know, they're finishing strong and there'll be a little bit of a little bit of Legends Fields and the club's hearts going forward, I think. You kind of get that corner view from the press box, don't you? You're you're in the yeah. You're, you're not behind. You're not on the side. You're you're just tucked in the corner, which is actually not a well, bad not a bad vantage point. I um I remember when they first announced they were going to be playing at Legends Fields, and I was like, "How's the pitch layout going to be? And where am I going to be sitting? What's my viewpoint going to be?" And I remember being a little peeved. Like that doesn't seem like a great view, but now it's. It's not, you know, obviously it's not ideal, but you know, it's, per- it's perfectly fine. It's treated me well. Um, and yeah, I, I miss got a little press box up there too. Well, you got one more opportunity to, um, to, to sit in there and then to bid it farewell with the uh, OL Rain coming to town on, was it uh, this, this week? Yeah, this, this coming Saturday, final game of the season. So it's a 8 p.m. kickoff. It's a little bit later. Um, but now, lock, lots of different playoff implications for many teams, not called Kansas City. But Casey can still play a part in the playoff picture for sure. Hey, we'll wrap up their season the next time we talk. But just uh, um, and, and what happens in the regular season finale is not going to change 
your viewpoint of this, but how about just give us a little preview on how you'll feel about this inaugural season and then we'll expand on it later. Yeah. Um, I, I guess without going too deep on it, it's a team that, you know, we've come together, new coaching staff and everything. And it doesn't look good for a while. I mean, you, being behind the scenes a bit more, being at practices, you can see the work has been put in. And I think what this season shows is an organisation willing to take risks on the field when you look at the trades. Um, and one that's willing to stick by its philosophies and its coaching staff. Um, again, I've chatted to Hugh about this and like any coach, they don't listen to don't listen to the noise on social media and stuff. But I've seen people playing like, ah, it's, you know, good coach is a good problem, get rid of a good coach, blah, blah, blah. Again, I know and Hugh more personally as well. I know that he's been working all season to to implement the system. He's not straight from it. And I think we're finally seeing the results. Um, and good on him for sticking by that. And I think heading into next season, it can only continue to improve, right? So as a whole, yeah, it's a, it's a season which the team finishes in last place. But there were also improvements throughout the season. It wasn't a completely lost course, let's say that. There you go. Okay, again, we'll... we'll uh elaborate on it next week or next time we talk. So, okay, Sean, you and I were sitting next to each other uh, last uh, week when FIFA officials, this was on Thursday, FIFA officials were in town to tour not only um, Arrowhead Stadium, which is where World Cup games would be played, but also practice facilities and the city in general as Kansas City looks to become one of the 11 in the United States to host World Cup games in 2026. It's a joint venture with Canada and Mexico. The Canadian two cities in Canada, three in Mexico, are going to get uh, already have been assigned. Uh, they're going to get games, um, and and the only bidding process is with the United States. So, seventeen cities are bidding for eleven spots. How do you think Kansas City did in the I don't know the hour that we were in? the power and light district living room, you know, not behind any closed doors, not, uh, not having any, you know, I guess off the record conversations, or maybe you did, I don't know, but, um, uh, but for at least for the public portion of the presentation uh, were the right things said, anything that, uh, you know, made, made you raise your antenna, but uh, what did you make of uh, that day in Kansas city? Yeah. Um, I think when it, I mean, I just want to say the event itself was, you know, obviously a really nice event. Uh, yeah, Joe's Barbecue. Um, yeah. The FIFA delegation, everyone else. Um, but now from what was said and what not, um, I, I learned that Clark Hunt is a much bigger soccer guy than I originally thought. Um, he <laughs> says he's been to 11 of the last 12 World Cups, which really impressed me. Um and, you know, people are saying the right things and stuff. I don't think it was anything groundbreaking um, until we got to the uh, FIFA vice president. And, you know, he said some good... And the, um, the, the board, I guess, the director who was with him, who was... I'm forgetting his name. I can't think if you remember it. Well, Chris- Colin, Colin Smith was the um, uh, director of... I forget, director of events. I don't have his title in front of me. I just, they were just two uh, FIFA officials, high ranking FIFA officials. And of course, uh, Victor, and I, I, will, I will botch his last name, so I'll just leave it at that. Um, he is also the CONCACAF uh, president. So 
he knows Kansas City was here over the summer during the world, uh, you know, the Gold Cup. So this wasn't new to him. And um, but for for the other FIFA official here, he was seeing I think he was seeing Kansas City for the first time. Yeah, he was. And, you know, he sounds as impressed. And I think a lot of what they said as well, it was more in the words they said. And, uh, you know, things like just don't try to be, and this isn't a direct quote, but, you know, don't try to be something you're not just be, you know, be Kansas City, be what you are. And that's how you get compared. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter about the size of the city. You know, it doesn't matter that we're not a Los Angeles or a Miami or New York or whatever. But, you know, if we're, as long as the soccer infrastructure is there, um, which FIFA, I mean, which Kansas City does have, um, it, it sounds like promising. Um, now, I was chatting to uh, Catherine Fox, um, who is the um, director of the KC2026 biz. And, you know, she was saying that, yeah, one of their big things transport. Um, so that's something I gave... They've been trying to figure out, you know, whether it's a shuttle service between the downtown area and out to Arrowhead um, and just other transportation issues around the city. Um, but she also says, you know, if they get the beers, they don't have until 2026 to figure it out. Um, so I think that's their main concern right now. But everything else seemed really positive. I agree. Look, you know, I, I think for the, you know, for the officials from FIFA who are touring the the United States, you know, all 17 sites, I'm sure they have different levels of enthusiasm uh, for receptions wherever they go. They go to New York or L.A. I think the conversation's different than what it is in Kansas City. And in New York and L.A., it's are we going to get the final? And and in Kansas City, it's like, please give us anything. You know, we'll take uh, um, we'll, we'll take our, our little pool play and be really, really happy about that. So. Um, Kansas City did what it had to do. It's the one if it's one of, if not the smallest market bidding. I know Cincinnati is is in there, Nashville as well. They're all sort of in the same population demo, but um, but of, of the smaller cities that, that are bidding, nobody has enthusiastically embraced soccer over the last, I don't know, 25 years than Kansas City has, fashioning itself as a as a you know national soccer capital. We can, you know, we can debate whether that's true or not, but, but at least they put it on a T-shirt in Kansas City. So um, uh, I, I agree with you. I, I think Kansas City did a good job, and uh, we'll know first quarter. I think first quarter 2022 when yeah. expect to hear an announcement. Yep, that's the hope. Um, yeah, first or second quarter at least. Well, 2022 we should know. All right, Sean. Always enjoy these weekly catch-ups with. Uh, uh, with you talking soccer and we will do it again soon yes sir thank you Blah. that'll do it for today thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh Monty Davis Jeff Rosen and Chris Fickett tip of the cap to Sean Goodwin for stopping by and talking Sporting Kansas City and KCNWSL links to stories about the teams can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com so let's talk about the morning sports edition if you're not seeing it you're really missing out on KansasCity.com, go to the Stars E-Edition. That's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the E-Edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner that says All Editions. 
click on that and you can access about, I don't, know, I don't know, 15, 20, 25, 30, up to 50 pages of sports. Maybe you get a link in your email. I do. It's there by about 6 a.m. every morning. But however you get it, it is access to complete coverage of the previous day sports, news, features, statistics, everything. It's fantastic. Hey, look, thanks for reading The Star and listening to our podcast lineup. You're helping support the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City, and we cannot produce programs like Sports BKC without you. We'll be back on Wednesday with another episode.